This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 4, titled The One About Not Feeling Worthy, Jared Schuster's exotic travels have led him to many aha moments, but the journey inward is easier said than done. Hey, Jared, it's good to see you. Savio, thank you. It's great to see you again as well, my great. friend. Great. So what would you like coaching on today? You know, today I really want to dive into this, the topic around work-life balance. And it's something that I spend a lot of time working with people on, of finding, finding that balance, finding that middle ground. For me personally, I have found that I struggle a lot with, you know, I work for myself. And so I, I get so buried into the details or I'll get these amazing creative explosions within me and they're so powerful and so much good comes from it. But for me, where I get out of balance is the recovery space. It's in the downtime of I have given so much of myself that it drains me to a point of no return. And in that point of no return, that's when I feel anxiety sets in that's when i push people in my life away from me i become this hermit and it's not a matter of time where i get to celebrate my successes of all that i've created it's a time of in the stillness it's almost like i need to rest and i'm not feeling worthy it's what am i doing today i can't spend a whole day not doing anything even though yesterday i had a big accomplishment Mm -hmm. So, so i would love to dive into exactly that of finding that that balance of the recharge time and not draining my batteries so much to a point where I am so drained and need recovery because the recovery is taking longer and longer as I'm getting older what was two days is now a full week of avoidance a full week of digging my heels in the sand until I can pick myself back up again so what I'm hearing from you is sort of this quandary of work-life balance and then in that sort of balance of work and life, there's this relaxation sort of element of not feeling worthy or not feeling like you can maximize that, that, that potential. Is that correct? It's maximizing the downtime of allowing mm-hmm. myself to bask in, in the need to recharge. We all need it, but I, have a, I beat myself up over it a lot. Mm-hmm. So what would be a fantastic outcome for today's session? That we could 
dive into discussing some tools and techniques that I know are already within myself and anything that you can share as well on how to know when my meter is going down to a point of no return. Mm. So what I heard you just say is sort of tools and techniques in order to kind of gauge where your meter is running down and how to adequately, appropriately sort of, you know, come to that level. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So when I say rest and relaxation, what's happening in your body right now? In this very moment when you say that, I feel almost a, a tenseness, a resistance to it. And where is that tenseness? In, the, in my solar plexus and in my chest. Mm. Would you like to try something with me? Absolutely. Great. So once you get a comfortable, just take three deep breaths in and out. You can soften your gaze or close your eyes. I just want you to focus in that solar plexus. See if you can tune into the way it's working or the way it's not working. If your solar plexus had a, a voice, what would it be saying? I feel so tight. Like there's a compression around me. Can't breathe. Mm. Can you describe this not breathing? It's that, that tightness. That and there's a nice clear breath that goes all the way, you know, through the nose, down the throat, expands the chest, and then right now when it hits the solar plexus region, it's it's like hitting a, a brick wall, wall or a piece of concrete. Mm. If it doubled in size, what would happen? I feel like it would be pretty unbearable. Mm -hmm. And if how it, would the discomfort doubled in size? Yeah. Yeah. And if it just if it if it doubled in size and was uncomfortable, how would you handle it? I think there's such a power to guiding light and love into where we have our most discomfort. And in times of discomfort, we forget that so much. But that's, to me, is how to handle it, is be, be with it. You know, have you listen to it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Just, you know, listen to what it needs. There's, there's so many outlets. And again, when I feel low and run down, it's like, I go through this Rolodex of all the things that I know I could do, but they don't come to mind when you're feeling low energy. And so, some, like exercise, getting outside, getting the heartbeat going, going for a surf in the ocean. I talk myself out of these things because it's like, well, that's just temporary. What's 45 minutes of surfing going to do, even though it always helps? Have you handled discomfort differently in the past? Yeah, I mean, I've adopted quite the practice of 
the light and love of mantras of this too shall pass. You know, I've experienced that in times of more physical and mental discomfort. I guess this is a mental discomfort, but physical pain, I feel I have handled in such a better way than the emotional discomfort. Mm. What do you think the difference is between the two? I mean, that's a great question because my answer is not much now that we're talking about it. Mm. I'm studying this thing right now called actor acceptance commitment therapy. And it's pretty much our brain's interpretation of what is external pain versus internal pain or discomfort or suffering. And it's all relative and it's all the same because it's just our own mind getting in the way of what it is that we're feeling. So you mentioned a few minutes ago that there is no difference. If I had you check in with your heart and ask your heart that question, would it change? I feel like it would. And what would be the result of that? That the emotional discomfort really strikes a chord with the heart space way more than a physical discomfort does. And in your life, have you encountered that being true? Yes. In what ways? That in the physical discomfort, I it, it's very, you can see the healing process take place. Where in the emotional discomfort or suffering, the healing isn't so superficial. It runs much deeper. And in instances I've, I've dealt with that many times in my life. Um, I mean, my father passed away when I was six years old and it took me 20 years of carrying that in my heart space of learning how to really be at peace with that, of seeing the silver linings from that. I was involved in a car accident a handful of years ago that left me with a lot of physical trauma, but a whole lot of emotional trauma. And again, the physical was the easy part. I was stuck in a bed for a year with my legs broken, but I could see the progress every day. Whereas the real healing came from understanding the deep scars that were that were hiding, the emotions that were trapped. What was the self-talk you you said to yourself? Regarding the emotional? Yeah. You know, it took me time to get to that point of self-talk. You know, I mentioned a little bit ago about the mantra, this too shall pass. That was a big thing that I held on to, that impermanence, that if I'm uncomfortable in this moment does not mean that I need to be uncomfortable in the next moment. It's my choice moving forward. But the, the clarity really came from ex experiences, but they were very profound internal experiences. I, I went to Ecuador to do some healing at a shamanic healing center. 
spent a long time there working with plant medicine and that really did its work within me. And I think some of the biggest takeaways was the angle of what lens am I choosing to see things through? That am I choosing to hold on to this and stay stuck in this pattern? Or am I choosing to start to see the silver linings that are all around? That in this discomfort, there is so much to learn in this, in this space. So take time and start asking those questions to myself of what can I learn from this? What is this preparing me for, for what's next? And then the other biggest takeaway that really softened that space was, was a practice of gratitude of filling myself up. You know, I'm answering my own questions of feeling low, and here we go. But it's, it's coming back to the practice of gratitude always of it's okay I'm feeling low. Thank you that I have this opportunity to feel what I'm feeling right now because it's allowing me and setting me up for what's next. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So those were, were two of probably the strongest practices I took away from me of that, that self-talk that you asked about during that time. And you mentioned about sort of this aspect of being bedridden with your legs broken. What were you doing at that time? To keep myself entertained. Keep yourself Man. alive. Yeah. <laughs> Taking one step forward. There, I mean, the action, there was no physical action. It was crawling on my hands and knees to get to the bathroom for a long time. It was meditation. It was going within. It was sitting. It was breath work. Prior to the accident, I had spent time in India studying yoga. And when I tell that story, I say that I, the universe had me complete my yoga training to strap me with the tools because it knew what was coming. And that was this incident, this accident that was going to change my life forever. So I used a lot of those tools in, in that time and space. But really, it was more of deciding not to stay in the victim mindset of from day one. It was one step forward. What can I do today? But I see, that, now, I see now how, you know, that one step forward mentality is so good and so powerful, but then I'm seeing that I'm taking so many steps forward without having room to breathe. In that rest and relax situation you were in, what do you think the benefits were? Where to begin? The biggest benefit was the, the, to slow down. And slowing so down? I was just moving so fast. My life was going a million miles an hour at the time. I was jumping around, running around the world, working my, my brains out, exercising a ridiculous amount, not fueling myself. There were so many signs. So it was like, you need to slow down, man. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna run yourself out. And what's the purpose you think of that slowing down? To connect back to self. So how do you think that might help you in your situation right now?
to not lose track of self, to not get so far ahead of myself, constantly thinking that I need to, I need to accomplish X, I need to get to here, I need to hit this benchmark. Remind myself that those things are, they're important to the growth that I'm trying to achieve, but they're also the things that are external validations and I'm never gonna feel fully validated as much as I seek externally, that the true validation comes within and from within is you need a connection to self in order to feel that. So it's allowing myself to recognize in, in each action that I'm taking on a daily basis, do I feel fully myself in this or is this something that is taking from me? And it's okay if it's taking little bits from me here and there, but it can't be these big chunks at a time or I can't let it take a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and then I'm on, I'm on zero again or negative. So it, it comes back to this practice, I think, of checking in with self, of how do I feel in this moment before it's too late? How can I adopt this practice of that dialogue? Of how do I feel today? Am I okay with that? Is it better than yesterday? If no, it's okay, but be okay with it. Recognize that, that as long as I'm with self, all will be well. So, Jared, I'm sort of curious, who's running the show in your life? Me and my expectations. Mm. And that's a loaded word, expectations. Tell me more. You know, our expectations are a product of so many things, and a lot of it comes down to our, our conditioning and our self-limiting beliefs. And so my expectations for me is to be the entrepreneur that everyone has always told me that I am, to be the success that everyone has always told me that I am. And you know, you're hearing this, me saying, everyone has told me and I, I feel these things and I live it, but the expectation is also this like, trying to live up to somebody this outside, you know, and it all comes from love. I don't have people in my life who are trying to control or trying to dictate what I should be doing. It's all in my best interest. But from a young age, even those things in your best interest plant seeds, deep seeds within you. So you start following that path. So I feel ultimately, I, I know I'm, I am very much in control of my life and my decisions. And I, I love that about where I am at in life right now. It's very freeing, but it's the expectation piece that I put on myself. It's the weights that I decide to put on myself it's when you're, when you're out in the world and you start comparing yourself to others of where they are, even though you really don't know anything about that person other than your opinion and your judgment of that 20 seconds. So th those are the expectations that, that I speak of. So what steps do you think you need in order to lighten the load of expectations? You know, the, the strongest word that comes to me right now is the word trust. Uh, have full faith that what, who I am is enough. What I'm doing is enough. Trust, trust the process. And how can you gauge whether or not that trust is working? I think that is 
coming back to the daily check-in of checking in more with myself of where am I feeling and am I okay with the emotions that I'm feeling and what if uh, like a huge obstacle came your way how would you handle that You know, I, I feel like I've obstacles are something that I most welcome in my life. And they don't always have to be negative, but the negative ones, because, because of the obstacles that I've been presented in my life prior, I've been taught very valuable lessons that your obstacles are, usually have the biggest rewards hidden behind them. So it comes back to that one step at a time of if you have this giant, or if I have this giant, boulder in front of me and I can't get around it, start chipping away at it just slowly. Can't move the whole rock at once, but we can move little pieces aside. And in your daily life, how can you chip away at those, that boulder you speak of? Yeah, I think it's funny because like, a lot of times the advice we give other people is the advice we need to hear the most for ourselves. But yeah. right now it's like schedule in breaks, schedule in real time, like, but, but own it. You know, it's not just, oh, my break's coming up, uh, I'm gonna keep doing this. It's like, be as accountable. I'm so accountable to things that I um, commit to, but I'm not accountable to the self-care piece on the other end of it. So it is, it's schedule in those breaks, take those steps, look forward to the breaks, plan what am I gonna do with that time in the break that disconnects me from this this space that I need to disconnect from, whatever that is at the time. Schedule in the proper foods. That's been something that's been a huge learning curve for me in my life is proper eating of, not that I eat bad foods, it's just eating, not eating enough, not doing it on the right time schedule. So the blood sugar are always cruising up and down, which adds to the burnout, which adds to the anxiety which affects everything else. And so as of pretty much like a week ago, I've created different meal plans, so I'm, I'm, I'm there. So it's the breaks plus the re refueling on a physical level to refuel this body and refuel the mind. If you, so if you plan out your, schedule those breaks and sort of that food planning, are there any, ops, are there any hindrances to that? I don't really feel any. I have a lot of flexibility in, in my time. And what about social support? How does that work for you? Can you expand a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned all these things that you're doing for yourself, wondering whether or not you have the support you need. I have amazing support. My issue is receiving the support. Oh. So it's the walls come up. It's give love, but I'm I have a hard time receiving it back. So my support team that you speak of is some of the most incredible humans and people that I'm so grateful they're in my life and I wouldn't be where I am at without these people in my life. But when the support comes when I usually need it the most is when I push it away the most. And 
Uh, you spoke about this boulder and chipping away at it. How can you chip away at the wall? You know, it's a question that has <laughs> stumped me for yeah. for quite some time of chipping away at that wall, and it. You know, I'm I'm on the path of of breaking it down. I'm studying. I'm learning new tools. You know, it's consuming information. It's it's talking. I think that I chip down these walls. The more vulnerable I am, I think vulnerability is key to healing walls or wounds or what it is around to show our our full self. And the only way to do that is by being vulnerable and trust trust in the other person that. There is no harm that's going to come from from this exchange. Let it in, and it's a slow process, and it is. It comes back to a lot of the reflection of, am I letting this in? Am I pushing away? What is the feeling? Am I irritated when somebody's giving me their two cents or, or guiding me? The second I start feeling irritated, can I ask myself, like, are you annoyed because they're being annoying, or are you annoyed because you are resisting what it is they're trying to tell you? Mm. And most of the time, it's the latter. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Jared, we spoke a lot about sort of in the beginning about doing things and making things happen in your life and then also giving yourself that permission to relax. How does this all land for you right now? It land, I mean, it lands well. I feel a big shift within myself. You know, what was tight when we first started talking has really had a softness around it. And I feel that I can really utilize some of the tools that came up that we discussed today of checking back in with myself. That, and a big one is the weight doesn't need to be all on my own shoulders. I don't need to carry around the weight. I can let people, let people's voice in, let people's love in to, so I don't have to feel so burnt out, which leads me to feeling so alone or anxious or the hermit that I discussed at the beginning of this all. Yeah. And how does that solar plexus feel now? It feels, it feels lighter. You know, there's still, of course, a little tightness because now it's, I got to go do the work. But you, we, we've come up with some, some nice tools and this has been a beautiful sounding board to do this with you, to get the, the monkey mind, get the whole, the brain spinning on that constant cycle out in more of a linear format to hear myself and hear what it is that I'm feeling that's beautiful so Jared we're pretty much at the end of our session is this a good place to end? <laughs> I mean we could go on for, for a while but yes yes I, I feel I feel very sure so I would like thing. to transition now into an interview style portion so tell my audience more about you well you heard bits and pieces of of me in in our coaching call but my name is jared schuster i'm the founder of sparks of consciousness i'm in this this coaching space as well my goal is just to provide 
to be of service to the world, to provide light and love, to be part of raising the vibration of humanity. I have been on a lifelong, but a 10 year soul journey around the world. I graduated from a, a top school and nine months into the, the dream corporate job, I, I hit burnout, you know, what we talked about now, but it was this, this realization set in at a young age in my early 20s of I don't want to do this every day for the rest of my life. I have my own dreams that I want to achieve. I don't want to work solely for someone else's dreams. And so that led me to spending many years working in Malibu, California, networking with our world's rich and famous, studying success, but studying it from the viewpoint of money is not going to make me happy in life. And that was a big curtain that was pulled back because I spent most of my life chasing that dream that money equates happiness. So my work there led me to take a couple months off and go to Europe, spent some time traveling around Europe. I came back, needed another break after about a year. That's when I went to Southeast Asia and India. Spent six months having the time of my life studying with yogis there, surfing all over Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, all those countries. And I went through this, this car accident that we talked about. And that was quite the healing experience in and of itself. That led me to Ecuador to really heal. That was the healing that I needed. The doctors, you know, stitched me back together. I was so grateful for them but there was a soul healing that needed to happen. And so I booked myself into a retreat. And after my second ceremony, I let go of the 20 years that I was holding on to in a matter of 18 hours. It was the hardest night of my life, but I chose to let it go. And I went to the owner of the center and I explained I needed to be a part. I need to be a part of this. I need to learn how to hold space for others. I need to learn how to look in my own mirror and face what's holding me back. So I sold everything I own and packed a 44 liter backpack and moved my entire life to this healing center in Ecuador. And over the course of about six months, I was close to 200 people's extremely diverse, unique healing journey. Cancer, depression, anxiety, disease, addiction, you name it, people would come there and I got to see transformation. After that, I moved to this little fishing village on the coast, reintegrated back into the world for a while, surfed a lot, was just like the only gringo in this little town. And then I moved my life uh, a little over four years ago to San Diego. Thought I'd never come back to the States and something really called me here. And I know why I'm here, and that's to do the work that I'm doing right now, which is Sparks mm -hmm. of Consciousness. I love that. It's so beautifully told, and your experiences seem so rich. Out of all those experiences, what do you think is the most meatiest? I mean, it's the whole package. <laughs> it's like the, the whole package is the meat, but... I mean, I think that coming, learning most about self and connecting to self happened in Ecuador, hands down. Yeah, I mean, I, I say India changed my life forever. That is one of the most magical, it just, it just changed my perspective on so many things. And 
even just talking about it, I get chills every time I think of India. It's like tears of joy of what an amazing country. But Ecuador was where I connected to source. I connected to mother nature. I connected to spirit, I connected to myself. And I got to do some very alternative and deep healing ceremonies there. So that's where all the need is, I think. Mm. This is sort of a big question I have, but what do you think the world needs right now? I, I think it's not a big question. <laughs> I think it, the world needs compassion. We need compassion we need love and that's it. We need, we need to come connect back to that. And, and it's simple. It's, you know, I wrote, I wrote a whole piece on, on this and I'm trying to turn it into a speech, but it's about imagine by John Lennon, one of my heroes, by the way. And you can be anywhere in the world and people could not speak English, but that song comes on and everybody knows the lyrics to that song. It's been ranked the song of the century. And it's, it is that way because it is so simple, but yet so profound that if we just listen to those words, if we implement these things that we already all knew, that overnight, just like how overnight we saw our world tilt on this weird dark axis that we've all had to go through this past year or two, however long you individually have been experiencing it. But I believe that as quick as we felt like last year happened or came into the frame, we can tilt the other way and start welcoming more light and more love into the world and more compassion. But we need to learn how to communicate back with, another, with, with each other. We've all been separated now, even more so. We've been divided on issues, but we've been divided physically. So we need to, when it's at a level of comfort, but we still need to learn how to hold space for the people who aren't comfortable. We need to learn to stop judging that. And to me, it's just simple. It's let your, let your walls down. Know that your opinion is not the only one out there, that everybody's own opinion is their reality. It's not, it's their truth. So how can we learn to respect each other's truths? We're here to learn from one another, not kill each other. Mm. And that comes back to connecting back to our hearts, healing what, you know, we're, we're, we've all been damaged, we've all been bruised. It's time to heal that. It's time to look at our inner child and say, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. I want to move forward. I want to come back together with my brothers and mm. sisters of this earth. So long answer, but compassion and love that's really it <laughs> what do you feel jared's searching for still yeah, these are great questions you know i'm i'm searching for that i i see glimpses of how powerful the work that i'm doing is i see glimpses of the connections i'm making and the people who quote unquote random but it's not random it's an alignment it's more of searching for that higher feeling of that alignment is what i'm really searching for of i know what my purpose is i've done the work to uncover i know what it is now and it's not this concrete term of associating a label to it it's like i'm here to serve how can i show up in the best way to be of service to humanity how can i help my neighbor and my friends and those around me in my circles and how can I expand that circle when I'm ready? So my search is just that, that ever search of that, that inner piece of fulfillment of I've contributed everything that I have to offer. 
I've given my tools. I keep learning tools and I keep giving them. But I'm early on in the in this phase. You know, I'm a, a very old, tired soul, but I'm I'm a younger human form. So there's a lot of life left in. There's a lot of growth, and I look forward to that. But that's the search of like what what is it evolving to? What is this all this work I'm doing now? accumulation of moving forward what is that going to look like and i'm open to whatever that is it's like i don't attach to it it's good to have the end goal but i'm very flexible and, and enjoying the process to get there but that sense of just pure fulfillment would be the icing on the cake it's based upon your travels for those of my you know listeners what's the first gesture they need to make in having more of a connection with others. I think getting your your head out of your phone and up into the world is the first thing. Of sm learn to smile with your eyes. We can't smile because we're covered by a mask. Learn to use your eyes to speak a new language. And that comes from energy of understanding your own personal energy. You know, to show up for others in the world, you have to first do the work on yourself. Sit with the discomfort. And, you know, we speak of these terms like vibration. And I know that these terms can turn people off. But when you think of it more in, a, in an actual concrete way of like when you're feeling low, when you're having a bad day or you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you step out into the world, it sure seems like that gray cloud is following you everywhere you go. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Your boss has an attitude that day everything seems to go wrong and it starts from that first step in the morning now if you shift that or you get out of bed but then you reshift that to a place of gratitude or you start you're feeling alive think about all the days that you feel alive and how amazing strangers come your way or you get a little windfall of money or you get to work earlier on time pardon me you don't discount those blessings but the first you know it's like we we have to start just smiling at one another but you but before that you have to smile at yourself <laughs> you gotta you gotta love yourself because you can't give anything to anybody else before you've given that's such first. a big enormous giant mountain for many this loving yourself where do you think that process begins well that giant mountain is what i call the work that that's the human experience it begins with breaking down and deciding what no longer serves you in your life. You know, we spoke about this a little bit in the coaching session of where do my beliefs come from? Who, who am I outside of my job title? What, what, it, what does my job title mean to me? Why did I go after that job title? Why am I in the relationship I'm in? Is it a product of something outside myself? Did the movies tell me to be this way? Did my government tell me to act this way? Did my parents, even if it's out of love or whatever, it's all these things have been conditioned on the outside. So you have to break those walls down and start recognizing like, okay, it's like going through your, it's like going through your house when you need to clean out your house, you have too many clothes. You have the pile of keep, you have the pile of maybe, and then you have the pile of give away and get rid of. And I think we constantly need to do that assessing who we are, who are the personality traits that we have, who we want to be in the world. Does this idea serve me? Yes or no? If it's yes, awesome. Bring it forward. 
if this idea, thought, feeling, emotion does not serve me, this is something to look at and not run from. You know, we're taught from such a young age to run from our discomfort instead of sit with it. Our society especially, you fall down and you, you nick your arm, you put a little Band-Aid on it. We have so many Band-Aids on us, but we're not healing anything. It's time to start ripping off these Band-Aids and it's, it's terrifying work, but it's freeing. And this is how we free ourselves and liberate ourselves. And when you can do that, then you can start freeing and help liberate other people. I love that. Well. I love that visual that that creates. You know, I asked so many questions of you. I, I know we spoke that you were kind of curious more about me, so I'm open to any questions you have for me. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been on a soul journey together, you and I. For everybody listening, Saga and I met two weeks ago. We've never met in person, and when you when you show up and you feel, listen to your intuition and take calls and talk to people, you start recognizing why you're aligned. And I feel you are my soul brother. And I mean, I want, I would love for you to share some of your experiences in life and your takeaways. And you've been through, you've been through the ringer too to get you to today. So I think that let's talk about some silver linings. Share with me all all the, the beauty that's come from the hardest <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my story starts very sort of young. I came to this country from India when I was three years old. I sort of had a stuttering uh, impediment. Um, I had sexual identity issues. Um, I had cultural issues. I, you know, grew up in a town where there's about 2% other, and I was part of that sort of, you know, conglomerate. I went away to college in the city, and my whole world just opened up for me. I, I met some incredible people who forced me to think differently and um, put me in different situations. And then there was always this yearning for me to sort of reach out and figure out why am I here? Like, what's the point of it all? Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a traditional you know, religion, uh, you know, Catholicism, but I, I knew it wasn't really for me. And I just started searching. Uh, I traveled as well. I've been fortunately to six continents. Um, and then in 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. Um, I knew that the approach I wanted to take was an integrative one. Um, so I did do some chemo and um, with some of <laughs> some um, sort of not so positive comments from my holistic friends. Um, but I also knew that I had to do the integrative, the other modalities. And fortunately, I was able to overcome my cancer stage three in four months. Um, and through that, I learned the greatest lesson I can ever learn. It's the lesson of vulnerability. I've been a person who always has said they could do it on their own, and I've worked my way towards achieving those things. But having to rely on others for two weeks, being bedridden in a hospital, being fed chemo and saline drips, I realized I couldn't do it all by myself. I needed people to pick me up. I needed people to cook for me. Um, and I think for me, generally, I've been on a quest to learn what spirituality means. And I learned through the whole process of my whole entire life up until the age of 44, which I am at the moment, that it's really about being conscious of what's really happening inside of you. I was so focused on what I needed to make happen in the world that I didn't check in with myself and figure out what do I actually need to be good with what's happening in, in the world right now. 
In other words, there was this disconnect between self, my physical self, and my more mental, emotional, spiritual self. And I'm asking the questions. I love coaching other people because I find that I can connect with them very easily because I myself have been through some form of quandary as well. And if I may ask, what are some tools that you have that you could share that connects you from your physical self and your spiritual sure. self? Sure, so I've been a long, long time meditator. I've been meditating for about 20 years now. I uh, started off with five minutes. Now it's about 20, 20 minutes a day. Uh, I have a practice of affirmation. Uh, I do affirmative statements, prayers, however you you know you call them. Uh, I like to do some form of uh, red light therapy. So I have a red light therapy machine. It helps with mitochondria. I get really focused on that. Before COVID, I was <laughs> someone who was really focused on exercise. So I used to do uh, high intensity workouts. Um, I did two workouts on Saturdays. I did boxing and um, cardio boxing. Um, I like to journal. Uh, I find that really helps me. I have a chi machine at home. I do ozone therapy. So I, uh, I ozonate my water, which helps with just clearing out the system. Uh, I take vitamins. Uh, I see a naturopath. Um, and I do a lot of reflective conversations. So I'm part of a men's group. It's uh, myself and six other uh, men. Initially, it was with 17 other guys at a retreat in the, in the Catskills and that transitioned to what we do now. We transitioned to Zoom. And that really helps me feel like I can say what's on my mind and not feel like I have to censor myself. You just listed about 20, 20 things. So everybody listening, take, take note because there's so many outlets. We are not alone. We are all experiencing something. And I think when you understand that, that you are not alone with your discomfort and there's so many tools out there for you. Always hit up <laughs> Savio because he'll have, <laughs> he'll have 30 you can recommend. And I'd love to pass on Please a do. powerful affirmation yep. maybe as we close. Uh, simple. Thank you more, please. I love it. As one word. It's a affirmation or mantra that was adopted when I was a small child by my mother. And it's it's been in our family forever and it's powerful to use. And the thank you is how, you know, it's, it's gratitude. It's gratitude for everything in your life. And the more please, I say, is the secret sauce. When you say more please, that activates or allows you to tap into this infinite universal abundance of love that the universe or whatever you identify with god or allah or what spirit source doesn't matter it's just more please more of this experience thank you more please i'm so grateful for even the challenges but i welcome more that's fantastic more, i would love to close with saying that three times together uh, and we can close the session so mm. thank you more please thank you thank more you please, more, please. Thank you more, please. Thank you more, please. Thanks again, Thank Jared. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Much love. Hi there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, 
and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.